Hey everybody, it's Ethan. Wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Contenders Clothing. Contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. At Contenders, they feature a collection of amazingly designed men's boxer briefs inspired by our athletic heroes and champions. Their boxer briefs use ride control technology, which prevents the underwear from riding up on the leg. Their design and creative partners are John and Mike Anderson, who are the founders of Tank Farm Men's Apparel Line and retail stores in Seal Beach and Huntington Beach, California. At Contenders, they also have an initiative called Everyday Contenders, where they give back to those who are fighting for something. The most recent cause was a second chance, and they're in the process of delivering underwear, hats, and t-shirts to Blessed Mary O Friends, which is a sober recovery assistance program. At Contenders, they really love to give back as well as provide great underwear, hats, and t-shirts. So check them out, contendersclothing.com slash ref slash the wrestling life. You're listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Give me the green light, because I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. What you waiting for? You only got one life. And we gonna live it up. So give me the green light. Because I'm ready to go. Hey, everybody. It's The Wrestling Life. It is episode... 111, and I'm losing my voice because we definitely have not recorded back-to-back shows at the same time. These are recorded on different days, obviously. Uh, This is our WrestleMania 33, the ultimate thrill ride preview show. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Are you ready to go on the ultimate thrill ride, Liam? Okay, I just have to say about that, because everyone's talking about, oh, it's terrible. Oh, why don't you just call it WrestleMania 33 or whatever? It's like, look, I'm fine with you giving it taglines, but like, make it less like generic buzzword crap. Like, the ultimate thrill ride sounds like, I don't know, like a 1960s UFO movie. Like, it just it's so it's so dumb. I don't I, know. I don't hate it at all. I just don't like it when they made the wrestlers say it in their promos. I I just think like plus I think if you're gonna give it some silly tagline, at least make it like decent. You know, like those in your house names. They could they sometimes they were great and sometimes they had really dumb names. Like Beware of imagine, dog. Like, oh, uh, that's exactly the one I was gonna name. Um, like you imagine like Brett was that was that the bulldog and Brett show? Uh, well, yeah, and Sean and the Sean and Vader and the lights went out. That sounds possible. Um, that's definitely the one where the lights went out and they had to do made a redo okay, the show that, on Tuesday night. That's the different. I think I'm thinking of a different one. Then. Brett, the Brett and Bulldog was like Christmas themed one. Anyway, that's, point what being, what do you mean Sean and Bulldog? That sounds plausible. Was, yeah, that was would have been like mid '96. I know Austin and Savio Vega have a strap match on that show. Um. Anyway, point being, like if <laughs> I, uh, if. On if like if on Raw that week, like can you imagine like especially like nineteen ninety six Shawn Michaels would be like, Now Sean, make sure when you go out and you cut your promo on the Bulldog, he has to come out and go British Bulldog at in your house beware of dog fourteen different times. Like every time he mentions the show he has to say the full name. Like, no, Shawn Michaels wouldn't have done that. Like, I don't know. It's just one of those things. 
it's it's just it's roadblock end of the line all over again. But the fact that it's WrestleMania, like you don't have to give WrestleMania like a wacky tagline to get people excited because it's WrestleMania. But if you are going to give it a wacky tagline, make it good and less dumb. That's all I'm asking. All right. Uh, there are 13 matches as of uh, press time on the WrestleMania show. It's the pre-show starting at 5 today. Uh, but to call this, uh, call it the pre-show, is it really the pre-show if, like, you know, almost a quarter of the card is taking place during these two hours? No. Seven-hour show. Yeah, pretty much. You just have longer breaks between matches on the on the uh, these these few matches but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a long one i don't understand this year when the pre-show is not on usa network it's like last year the pre-show was on usa it made a little bit of sense uh just you know to get a couple of hours there before but no it's like it's not on usa this year it's just on the network so i i don't understand i just i don't um and after Hall of Fame on Friday and NXT on Saturday. That's a lot of wrestling to sit through on Sunday. I just hope that um hope that we're ready for it. I'm uh, uh I don't know. Just from a brief overview overview uh perspective, um how do you think this card stacks up on paper uh, to the thirty two that came before it? Please go one by one. <laughs> um <laughs> And this is our one through thirty-three ranking. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like it doesn't. There's a couple matches that I think feel like, yeah, this is a WrestleMania match. Like Jericho and Owens, that's like an eight-month build, and they had one of the greatest segments of all time to build to it with uh, the Festival of Friendship. So, like that, that's a WrestleMania match. Um, Goldberg and Brock, just because they're two giant stars and they're two big, angry, muscly men. Like, yeah, that's that's a that's a WrestleMania match. Uh, Rollins and Hunter, which is, I mean, that's again, that's like four years worth of storylines. Um, yeah, that that that's on the show. So yeah, I think it's it's a decent card. Um, now because of how they build some of the stuff, I'm less excited than I think I would have been. Like, if there was no television, if like the night after the Royal Rumble, they just announced, okay, these are the 13 matches we'll see at WrestleMania, I would probably be far more excited than. Uh, some of the bill has let me down, which we can get into as we start talking about the individual matches. But yeah, I think this is a, a decent show. Um, there's more matches than I was looking forward to, say, a year ago. I mean, that show was... Uh, you had the ladder match, and the women's match was good. And I have a heart... And the main event was not very good. And outside of that, I mean, you had, like... wasn't a lot to look forward to on that card. I mean, like, Ryback and Callisto and... And the Dudleys and the Usos and stuff like that. Like, yeah, this is... I, I think this measures up as well, if not better, than maybe the last couple of WrestleManias. But what about you? I am not excited for a whole lot on this show. Uh, I just... I don't know. Uh, it just feels like... doesn't feel like... Uh, there's, there's not one match on this show where I'm like, I am really looking forward to that bell-to-bell. Um, so, I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff that'll be good. So I, I would like there to be one match that when I think about like, you know, the Sean and Taker matches at Mania seven and eight years ago, 
Um, and you know, it's the night before mania and I'm in my mind, I'm trying to lay out the matches and thinking about what spot, what spots they're going to do and what, where I would put certain spots in the match. It's like, there's nothing that I'm that into on this show, but, uh, that's kind of an extreme example, I guess. Uh, let's start running this show down the pre-show. We mentioned three matches, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There, I believe, are 31 entrants or been placed in this match so far. I'm not going to name all of them, but do you have a favorite for the Battle Royal, William? You know, like, I kind of just figured this is this is Strowman, but they've really de-emphasized him. Like, they, they, had, they built him and built him and built him, and then Roman beat him. And they did the rematch where Undertaker laid him out. And now he's just kind of a guy in the Battle Royal. They didn't even announce he was in the Battle Royal until this past week. So, I mean, you've got like, uh, I don't know, let's, let's pick Final Four. Uh, I'll go with Braun, Big Show, uh, Luke Harper, and Mojo Rawley. How about you? Uh, boy. Sammy sure could use a win. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Sammy Zane's in this. Forgot about that. He could use a win. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, it would be a good spot to have Sammy or Dolph or somebody like that that needs credibility when they beat them like a drum for the next 12 months. Um, I watched SmackDown this week and I saw Mojo Raleigh going wild and, in fact, scoring the pinfall in uh, that tag match, and I just, ugh. Mojo Raleigh sucks, and I shudder <laughs> to think that left SmackDown making you think he was the SmackDown favorite to win the match, and that just, oh, gross. No, 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 no. Mojo sucks. Uh, heard Kane is going to Mania too, so I, I swear. They <laughs> They got an they got an odd number of guys. They got thirty one guys in that thing. They, he's oh he's number oh nope don't do this to me. <laughs> do not do this to me. Uh, you know maybe I can't I can't argue. He needs the rub, man. <laughs> he's fifty two years old. It's over. Oh, he might only be fifty. I don't care. He sucks. <laughs> he sucks, and I don't want to see him on the wrestling day of the year. Get, get go away. Uh, I don't it's think. I mean, the, Braun would be a good. Braun's a good pick. Sammy's off. I don't know. I think Sammy will eliminate Joe from this, and that will be Sammy's "quote unquote" big win. But then he'll get tossed by one of the giants. That's what I'm. That's what I think they'll do with Sammy because I just don't think they're ever gonna do. At least not while he's on Raw. Like I could see Sammy getting drafted to SmackDown. And because of their lack of stars, he'll probably be like slotted into a, a decent spot there. But like on Raw, I don't think they're ever like they used him to get Joe over as a bit of a killer. And other than that, like he's I, I don't know. Like it would be awesome if he won and if they started doing something with him, but I don't I don't ex- I don't expect it. Yeah, I'll 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 just go with Braun for the sake of it. But yeah, maybe maybe it's all Mojo or or uh, that young up and comer Kane. Who, who knows? We'll see. So help me. The uh, devil's favorite public servant. Now, I've seen conflicting reports about the SmackDown Women's Championship match. Originally, it was every woman, 
And so uh, my fiance was uh, going out to buy some gear and booking a flight to Orlando tr- to try to get into the match because every, every woman, woman, every woman was declared eligible for this match. And then it became every woman on the SmackDown roster. And then it became, I think, officially announced as a six pack challenge with Alexa, Becky, Natty, Mickey, Carmella, and Naomi. And but then there are the rumblings of uh, Eve Torres and Victoria and Kelly, 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 and um, all of the a, a lot of uh, women from the past, including some names that didn't get out either for this match or for another spot somewhere on the Mania show. And there doesn't seem to be spot on the show. So I don't know about this. Um, I think Alexa's leaving here with the championship either, or no, I scratched that. Naomi is leaving here with the championship. I think no matter who's in the match, but do you think we're getting the six women advertised or do you think there may be some surprises here on the uh, SmackDown women's championship match on the pre-show? Well, the only two places that make sense for them to show up is here or the Raw Women's Title match, and I don't like I don't know what they would do there unless they're like going to debut a faction of, you know, ex divas that come to ruin the women's revolution or something. But, um, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't know where those people fit in. I mean, you have Mickey James back, so you could have her lead like a brigade brigade of former. Uh, women's stars coming back to get, you know, get the attention that they never got a decade ago. I don't know. So I could, yeah, I could see maybe, maybe that happening, but like, I don't know. Like, like, like a faction of like Kelly, Kelly and Caitlin and, and Eve and whoever else is going to end up showing up. Like that's, that, that's, that's not lighting my world on fire. I mean, it is, but in, in a bad way. Um, I don't know. I mean, they would I, they would be they would be heels by default, and Kelly is like would be like the worst heel ever. She's. <laughs> well, as a side note, we almost me and Ethan almost met Kelly Kelly at a Kmart like five years ago, not longer than that, six years ago, I think. I don't and, know if we should uh, tell this story publicly. I mean, all that happened was we went. We'll we'll lie and say we went to meet Daniel Bryan. He was also there, um, but. <laughs> all right, you want to lie to the list? All right. <laughs> All right. But the uh, point being, uh, so she was there. She, she seemed like a very nice person, including when people from like the Arbutus Kmart or wherever the hell we were, uh, were like shouting at her when, when they were told it was time for the, for the wrestlers to leave. And she was just very nice and very sweet to everybody and said, thanks for coming and left. It's like, yeah, I don't think she's, she's playing a convincing heel, but I, I don't know, man. Like I just, regardless, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you're you're shining a light on how badly you used to treat the women on this show. Like I don't know that that's a good thing. They kind of do it every week, though, <laughs> when they talk about how oh these are women now. <laughs> yeah, and like all these women are gonna come out and say, yeah, we were fitness models that pretended to be women. Like what do you like? What do you do there? Like, or like, are we gonna have to pretend that like Kelly Kelly and Layla were like good athletes? And like great wrestlers, like, I don't like. I I just don't see a way that the storyline is good. I don't know. Like I I love to be proven wrong, as I always say. But like I don't know. These women getting involved on either the Raw or SmackDown women's match just doesn't excite me. I th- I think we're all making 
kind of big assumptions in saying that, oh, they're back. It's like, I don't necessarily think you need it's anything long term. It's like, <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't know what they're up to, but I don't necessarily think, oh, just because they've been contacted means, oh, they're, they're back for a long term storyline. It could just be to show up at the show, don't you think? Do what then? <laughs> Why I even have know, them I don't there? Know. I don't know. None of this makes any sense to me. Please cut out the part where we talked about going to meet Kelly Kelly at a Kmart. Um. <laughs> no promises. All right, we'll see. Neville versus Austin. <laughs> Neville versus Austin Aries uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. I watched my first ever episode of 205 Live this week. And with the exception of, I don't know, a couple of matches done, <laughs> uh, done in front of a crowd that uh, appeared as though they would have preferred to be at a funeral. Uh, I rather enjoyed some of the stuff on that show. Uh, what do you think of the build to Neville and Aries? And if you were booking this, would you book a title change? Um, I think there's, I think Aries should chase a little longer. Um, so I wouldn't do the title change yet. Um, but yeah, I thought the build's been great. I thought they did a video package, and then they did a uh, promo battle between Ares and and uh, Neville that I thought were both awesome. Um, and yeah, I think those two guys uh, are that's who you build the whole division around. And now everybody else, now that the belt maybe means a little something as much as a belt can mean in 2017. Uh, in pro wrestling, there's a, there's something there. Like I think these are the guys that are going to help. If, if anything can get these cruiserweights over, uh, it's not going to be the purple ropes or, um, or changes in commentary teams. It's going to be, you know, them finding characters and athletes that work well together. And I think Aries and Neville are, are pretty awesome together. So yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this. On the main card, a triple threat ladder match for the Raw Tag Team Championship. The ladder stipulation kind of came out of nowhere here and whacked Sheamus right in the forehead and opened up one of the nastiest cuts I've ever seen. Uh, But Gallows and Anderson will be defending the titles against Enzo and Cass and Cesaro and Sheamus. I, I don't know what I would do if I were booking this, and I don't know if I have a prediction. I predict this will open the show, though, at least. Uh, what do you think about the, the triple threat ladder match for the Raw Tag Titles? Uh, one, I just hope everybody's okay at the end of it. Um, as you mentioned, the Sheamus injury, and Enzo took a pretty scary bump um, on Monday as well, as he is wont to do. Um, so I just hope everybody's all right. To me, it's like it's twofold. One side... Uh, Enzo and Cass, and they mentioned this on TV a little bit ago, um, that Enzo and Cass have never been tag team champions together. They were never champions in NXT. They'd never won them since they've been on the main roster. So you can do the happy ending and have those guys win the championship. And that would be great, I think. Um, And that's a solid feel-good opening match moment. Um, On the other hand, if, say, the Hardys are debuting either at the show or tomorrow night, or I mean the uh, or the night after um, Monday night. What um, day is this? I don't. I'm. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a while. Anyway, if they debut on the next show or on WrestleMania, 
uh, you probably want heel tag team champions to face them, in which case you keep the belts on uh, Gallows and Anderson. Um, so I, I really don't know. Uh, I, I guess I guess I would say it's probably better to you could have Enzo and Cass win the titles and they can defend against somebody else and then you can just bring the Hardys in and they can feud with Gallows and Anderson for a month or two before they move on to the tag titles or whatever. Of course, they have so few teams. I don't even know who Enzo and Cass would wrestle if if they were the champions. Um, I guess you could turn the New Day and you could you could do that or something. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Um, so I think the Hardys' involvement in whatever WWE – uh, stuff going forward is probably hinges on who who wins this match. I think if if uh, if Gals and Anderson retain, I think the Hardys are debuting and they're going to feud with them. But if they don't, maybe I don't know. Maybe they'll go to SmackDown or something. And if the Hardys are going to SmackDown, then maybe Enzo and Cash should win. I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But it seems like the Hardys, with the the sudden ladder match stipulation, um, it certainly seems like they're being that's that's kind of a, a big flag for for them so we'll see the intercontinental title is on the line dean ambrose will be defending against liam's i don't know one of your top five guys baron corbin i i hated the build for this on smackdown this week total comedy dean just completely blew off corbin dean has a look on his face like he knows he's probably going to be asked to do a job and he's just totally over it and Corbin is just not quite at, I don't know, anyone's level yet. Uh, I mean, he's fine. He's fine. But I don't know if I put him in a, in a singles match for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. But here we are. What do you think about the Ambrose and Corbin booking so far? And do you anticipate a title change here? Yeah, it's 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 been dumb. Like, they did the thing with the forklifts, which is, you know, I like, they tried something different. And I can appreciate that. But then... Uh, and they actually did a bit where then uh, Ambrose came back last week and laid him out, and I and he kind of cut more of a serious promo. And I thought, okay, that's that's fine. Um, and yeah, and they did this complete goofball thing where you know Ambrose, the guy, this guy tried to crush your throat with a forklift, and he's just over there, you know, making jokes, and they're telling you, shut up, no, you shut up. Like it was, it was terrible. Um, I thought Corbin's little uh, tantrum when he then stormed onto the Talking Smack set was was at least decent. Um, he tried, God bless him, he tried. But uh, yeah, I'm, this is this might be the match I'm least looking forward to. Um, I just like it. the The creative hasn't been good, and neither and uh, you know Dean Dean's a pretty good pretty good worker, but I don't think he's the type of guy that can get a good match out of anybody and certainly not a guy at the level of Baron Corbin. So yeah, I don't, I don't expect much out of this other than that. Yeah. Baron Corbin's probably going to win the title, but, and you know, that's fine. It's the continental title. So you might as well do that. Uh, one of the better booked things I think on this show, John Cena and Nikki Bella will be wrestling the Miz and Maurice with the added stipulation of Al Roker as special guest ring announcer because uh, I guess they want to get this on a Today Show the next morning, but, I mean, Cena hosts the Today Show anyway sometimes, so wouldn't, couldn't they just get it on the Today Show anyway? But uh, anyway, uh, Cena and Nikki against Miz and Maurice. 
what did you think of uh, the stuff they've been doing as far as the uh, Total Bellas skits? And uh, and I f- feel like we've kind of flipped flipped and flopped maybe, maybe a little bit on too much reality into this professional wrestling feud. But where did you end up with this? And uh, what do you expect on Sunday? Um, uh, I thought uh, the, this past week it was the best thing on the show by like a wide margin, I thought. And... I uh I I thought it was awesome. I thought uh, the the Miz stuff was Miz Marie sketch was was pretty funny. Uh you know, on WWE at comedy standards, it was a it was an A+. Plus. And uh then him ripping off all of the the costume and cutting a serious promo and looking right into the camera. Um I thought that was good. And then Cena just freaking tore into Maurice for some reason. Like I mean, I know she's been mean too, but like, man, he just like just said she was a waste of space, and that she's only here because Miz wanted to be on Total Divas and all this stuff. Like, oof. he was very <laughs> mean to her, like to a, to a level that I have not seen them allow a man to be that mean to a woman on WWE television in a very long time. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing either, but it was just, I mean, this is the baby face here, and he's saying that she's. He's insulting the Miz's manhood and all that stuff. I was like, no, to be fair, on the other side, the Miz did say very mean and hurtful things about this. This was really just John Cena returning in kind. So I can't say that it was, you know, that it was uncharacteristic or unfair of him. But I was kind of just surprised at how mean he was. John Cena was very mean to both of these people. Um. So, but I thought it was good. It was like I said, it was it was the most compelling, the most interesting, uh, the most entertaining thing on SmackDown on the Go Home Show. So, yeah, I would say I'm looking forward to this um, overall. Yeah, I, I turned the corner on it about 18 times uh, between liking it and not liking it. And again, if you think it's too much into the it's a shoot, bro style of promos and stuff, I don't I don't even disagree with you, but. At least it's been it's been booked pretty well overall, I think. And again, you probably get your big happy ending of John Cena wins, and then he proposes, and then they go on the Today Show the next day, and and she gets to show off her ring or whatever, and it'll, it'll be nice, I'm sure. So, yeah, this has been this has been pretty good, all things considered. Jericho and KO for the U.S. Championship. Jericho is leaving soon, at least temporarily, to tour with Fozzie. And it uh, makes sense that Owens goes over here. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, this is, I think to me, this is the match that uh, has had the best, the most consistent, the best build of anything on the show. Um, and you get, you know, there's going to be a great video package where they go back and and look at the the months and months where Jericho just repeatedly saved Kevin Owens. And then you get to the festival front, you get to Jericho accepting the match with Goldberg on Owen's behalf. And then you, you, know, you recap all the festival friendship stuff and everything that happened since then. And then you have this match. I think it's going to be one of the most, like, I think from a crowd reaction standpoint, this is going to be one of the loudest matches of the whole, uh, the whole night. And I hope the, cra- the, uh, the crowd is mic'd well. That, that can be a problem with these, these big giant stadium shows, but um yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to this. And yeah, I think Owens wins and uh 
just as an aside, obviously that's kind of seems where they're heading. Is, is this, is Owens and Joe and Connor and another guy, like, are we going to get a new evolution or a new evolution type uh, faction head, heading forward? Do you think? I've seen a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, banter about that back on back and forth online. I don't know. I think it's a good idea. Oh, uh, you mentioned he might be in the battle royal, but he's not on the uh, he's not officially announced for that. He doesn't have another obvious spot on this show. Aller does not have um, a spot on this show, and unless they put him with Brock coming out of Mania, does not have an obvious direction going forward. And, you know, maybe a little Bauer Club against a little 2.0 stable warfare thing. I would love that as a fan. It just doesn't seem like the kind of storytelling they've been doing lately. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you think they pull the trigger on that? I mean, that sounds good. I mean, that's that's not an option. If you do take the titles off of Gallows and Anderson, there's no reason you can't turn those guys babyface and, and put them with Balor and have them be... Yeah, they can be the the unit going up against uh, the uh, the corporate back stable. Like, yeah, that would I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, we don't do a ton of fantasy booking on the show, but I think you've. I mean, they I mean they put Balor in the ring on when he's been wrestling these house shows, and Hunter's been wrestling him in every night, and they do the spot where Hunter throws up the two sweet, and and Balor does the Bullet Club, the the finger gun symbol, back at him. So they like they got to be doing something. I mean, you could do Balor Club and you could throw like Zane and Rollins in there uh, with him, although then that kind of makes them. The Balor Club name, the only problem is like the two guys, however many guys are in there, all kind of have to be like his lackeys at that point. I don't know if you want to do that to a guy like Seth or something, but yeah, you could potentially do that. And then the next Raw pay per view could be, you know, headlined. I mean, I, I, depending on whether or not Brock works, so you could have that headline with you know, Hunter Owens and Joe against Balor and Zane and, and Rollins or something. You could, you could do a whole lot of stuff like that. And then you, and whenever, if, and when Jericho comes back, you can always throw him into the mix there. So yeah, there, there's definitely an option for that. You know, the, the kind of, we briefly saw the kind of gang warfare thing with, uh, when they did the kind of brief evolution reunion and they did the, the shield stuff right before the shield broke up. But, it has been a while, and that does sound very fresh and very different than anything they'd be doing on television. So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, again, it's all fantasy booking. It's it's not a it's not a hashtag scoops with a Z here that we're going for. But yeah, that that makes sense on paper to me. That you have you know Balor gets some light minded guys, and he goes after the king and his uh, and his uh, knights or whatever. I don't know whatever verbiage they use. Fatal four-way elimination match for the Raw Women's title. Bailey will defend against Charlotte, Sasha, and Nia. I think it's down to Bailey or Charlotte winning this match. And who do you think comes out of here with the championship? Um, I, I yeah, I guess. Bailey, I mean, the obvious thing to do because the next pay-per-view is in San Jose. So you do you have Charlotte win it and then Bailey wins it back in her hometown. You could do that. I just I'm so sick of seeing I'm so sick of watching these four women wrestle each other over and over and over and over again. So like I, they can do all that and then once Bailey wins the title back, they need to turn Sasha heel and start that program because I or they got or they gotta or they gotta bring Oscar up, like you said on our on our previous show from yesterday. 
uh, all the way back yesterday. Um, they got to do something. Like, I'm just so sick of seeing these same four women. And you got Emma back there. I know you have like Summer Rae potentially uh, coming back soon. I'm not even sure which brand she's on, but so you could, you know, throw some of them into the mix, but like, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just tired of, of these four women. It's some combination of these four women in some kind of tag match every single week. And it's just, it's not, it's not particularly good when I see it. So I'm just, I'm desperate for anything new in this women's division on raw. And will wrestle AJ Styles in a wrestling match at WrestleMania. No stipulations. No gimmicks. It's not a street fight match. It's not a cell match. It's not a last man standing match. It's not a no holds barred match. It's not a no DQ match. It's not a false count anywhere match. <laughs> it is a singles match. It's not Shane a chairs match. It's not a Texas Lord. full rope match. It's not a chain match. It's not a strap match. I'm I'm out of steps. I'm sorry. That's fair. Uh, why did they book this this way? And do you think that if you know out of this and he ends up somehow to Raw? Um, like I've heard that kind of bandied about, and I guess you could do that. Um. I mean, again, going more into fantasy booking, he could be the fourth guy in that new evolution stable. Um, and you have Hunter guys against whoever else. And you could, or you could do some kind of trade where, you know, Hunter hates Seth Rollins and Shane hates uh, AJ. So they agree to trade. And then you have Seth Rollins as the, the new top baby face on SmackDown or something. But you could do that. It would help to freshen the shows up a little bit. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know that. I mean, that, that makes sense to a degree, but I also think if you're, if you remove, if you remove AJ from SmackDown, that show, even with the addition of Rollins, that show goes so far down, like really bad. It could get real bad. So I don't, uh, I don't think I would do that right now, but we'll see. What if, what, what if Nakamura ends up there? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, in that case, you have kind of you have Rollins and Nakamura, and then like Bray and Randy, and sometimes John Cena. Yeah, I, maybe that's that's a good point. Maybe depending on where Nakamura ends up. Um, I I get yeah. I guess I would I I would say I I'd be okay. I'd be all right with it if they pull the trigger and and put Nakamura right up top in that top mix. I think that would be acceptable and. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, as far as the match goes, like I know everybody remembers like the crazy the crazy dive bump that Shane took last year. But like what I remember is the fifteen minutes before that where him and Undertaker just had a wrestling match and it was freaking terrible. And they got to use weapons and chairs and steel steps and kendo sticks and stuff. So like and I know AJ Styles is <laughs> Breaking news here, folks. AJ Styles is a better wrestler in 2017 than The Undertaker and arguably better than The Undertaker has ever been. But uh, I just, I don't, like, they're going to have a wrestling match, which means Shane's got to be on offense for part of it. And, like, he doesn't have any offense besides, like, his punch, his terrible punches and that coast-to-coast thing that he concussed himself on last time. And 
I just don't I just don't see a scenario where this is good. And like of course it's gonna end with Shane jumping off of something. But like you they're probably gonna wrestle for like fifteen minutes beforehand and like a third of that Shane will be on offense. Like I don't see a scenario where this is like good. And I under, and like I'm I've obviously there's my anger about the match existing aside. Like I just I don't see I don't see the the end. I don't see the people that are taking the opposite position that I did last week. And I understand I was a little, maybe I was a little harsh um, or not harsh enough, maybe, but I don't, I just don't see a scenario where you could watch, you know, could see what this guy can do when he was young. And now he's 47. Like what, a, like what, what is this? In, what about this is like a good thing to you for the, for the people that like, actively like even if you like Shane McMahon as a character like what what about this seems like it's a good idea to you I don't I don't I just don't get it man like I'm out of anger and now I'm into like I just don't understand anymore moving on Seth Rollins versus Triple H in a non-sanctioned match Seth was out there on Raw this week talking about his feelings and um with Triple H and all I could think was boy this peaked with that angle two weeks ago uh they did too much they did a little too much in the build here and i i'm curious to see what hunter still has um reports where he looked good in the ring on the house shows that he has worked uh here in the uh lately is you know 47 years old now and time waits for no one and uh, eventually, although he works a pretty ground-based style and keeps himself in phenomenal shape, eventually we're going to see some age on Hunter um, and his mighty, mighty beard. I don't know if this is the year, and I don't know how much Seth can do, and I don't know whether they will play to the to either of those concerns by running in Joe. Uh, but Seth should win this match. And uh, unless you're, you know, building a new horseman or something and you have Hunter go over that way, I've never, uh, never going to bet against Triple H in a wrestling match ever again. Uh, (laughs) And so I would not be surprised to see him win with the help of a new stable or something like that. Yeah. What do you think of the last build they did for this match and uh, who do you see winning it? I thought, I thought Hunter was good. I think Hunter has been pretty good on the mic throughout this whole thing. Um, uh, we kind of went back and forth a little bit talking about, you know, whether or not they did too much a couple of weeks ago. Like maybe they could have s- split that angle into a, a couple of sections where they have Seth stand tall one week. Then you have Hunter give him the real big beating. And then you, you do whatever you do for the go home show. But uh, I mean, I, I liked, uh, I thought Seth kind of fired after he was done talking about his feelings. I thought he, he uh, he got he got kind of fired up and serious. Talked about how all he you know, if he has to crawl, he'll get there. And all he, all that matters is he's going to beat beat Hunter at Mania. Um, like it was very telling. I think they the money spot is Seth Rollins hitting the pedigree on Triple H. They they tease that the crowd went crazy for it, but then Hunter ducked out of the ring, uh, which is smart because you should make people well well nobody pays for the network anymore but if they did you would make them pay to see seth hit that pedigree on on triple h so 
I will just say, if Seth's not going to win this match, you have you can't let him hit the pedigree on Hunter in this match. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I think Seth's going to win, and he's going to win clean with the pedigree. But if for some, but if they decide to go into what we've been fantasy booking, and you have Joe and or Kevin Owens come out and help him win, because it's, I mean, I assume unsanctioned means no DQ. So, um, so you have him win. You can't like because that's like that's the spot, and then you go on a quest for for six months or whatever, and then at SummerSlam you you do uh or Hell in a Cell later this year, something later this year you do Seth and. Seth and Hunter in a match where nobody can interfere. Um, and Seth finally hits the pedigree and wins clean. Like that to me is like, that's the money spot. So Seth just hits a pedigree in this match and Hunter kicks out or something. I'm going to be really mad. That's, that's all I got about this match, but I think Seth's going to win personally. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Uh, just from a, I don't know how they're going to book this. I'm curious to see what the finish is. I'm curious to see how they work around Undertaker's physical limitations. This is the match I'm most perversely looking forward to on the WrestleMania show. Beat Taker. And uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think he's going to win. And I think he should win. <laughs> the guy that looks like the Undertaker looked on Monday should not be beating your golden boy. You know, whether they, I mean, and I, they're not turning Roman Reigns. Like, I just, it's not going to happen. So, yeah, like, there's no scenario where I would have Undertaker beat him. Especially after Monday when he stuck his hands up in the air and thunder sounded, and then nothing happened. And he just stood there with his hand in the air for, like, 15 seconds before the light slowly dimmed. Um, which is obviously not his fault, but, like, dude's old, and I hope I just hope he's okay afterwards. But, yeah, no, no chance would I have Undertaker win this match. It's like, yeah, this 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 should be it. Like, this should be it for, for Undertaker. And Roman should win soundly. Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Oh, my word. I don't know what this the build for this devolved into. Randy's ridiculous promo at the end of SmackDown this week. And, oh, it was, oh, that's some of the worst wrestle crap I've ever seen. Um. I don't necessarily think it matters who wins the match, but I think Randy's going to win. Uh, what do you think? Like, I don't. I think my barometer for like what's stupid or terrible in wrestling is like is off now because like this didn't seem any dumber or any worse than the time Randy lit his house on fire and posed afterwards. Like, I don't. I I don't know. Like this, it was dumb. But like, was it any more dumb than what they've done in the build before when? Bray like covered himself in ashes or whatever. Like I don't know. It just it's just it's just a dumb feud. It's just dumb spooky magic feud that WWE does with their supernatural characters. Um, I don't I don't know. Like it's it didn't seem like that much dumbity. It was weird that that was like the last thing you would show before before WrestleMania. Like I thought that video was gonna play and Bray was gonna be all distracted and then Orton would like duck in the ring and hit an RKO. Or something, but like no, it's just like it, the show went off the air with like imagery of like a snake eating a rat, and then uh, Randy shoving a crucifix, which is apparently a word that WWE just made up, and uh, and shoved it into her grave or whatever. So I don't know. It was, it was just all dumb. This is a dumb feud. 
it's dumb that they're doing this match at all. I assume we've talked about this. Everybody's talked about this. This is Randy's payment for getting his skull caved in by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam last year. He gets to he gets to win the Rumble and win the title. Whatever. I just it was it was dumb. This was all dumb, and I don't really care who wins. But yeah, I'll go with Orton for the heck of it. And Goldberg defending the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. Uh, I guess I'm kind of interested to see how they book this too. I don't particularly care to see the match itself, but uh, how it's laid out. Um, do you think this is it for Goldberg? And do you think they leave the door open to using him at SummerSlam going forward? Is there any scenario where Goldberg walks out with the Universal Championship on Sunday? Or do you believe that uh, it is Brock Lesnar's coronation? Yeah, I think I think Brock wins. Uh, I mean, there's always that chance you to you, you have Goldberg win here, and then Goldberg loses it to Joe or or back to Owens. If you if again, this is all fantasy booking based on them may or may not be sending setting up a faction with with you know with Hunter and these guys. But I mean, I mean, they've definitely set it up. I just don't I don't know how long term it's going to be or how involved those guys will be in each other's storylines. But it's like you could you could have him then you hold it for one more month and then lose it to whoever at the next show. But yeah, I think, I mean, you're, he's getting some booze. I think you're, I mean, it was, you know, it was a fine reaction to him and on the go home show. But I think, I think for the best is now for this character is to go away for at least, yeah, at least till SummerSlam. And then he comes back and, you know, cuts a great babyface promo and, you know, you put him up against whoever you put him up against the SummerSlam. Um, I mean, I definitely, I definitely hope this isn't like the last time we ever see him. So, and I'm sure. I mean, they're they're on good terms seemingly now. So, I'm sure maybe he'll be like the Hall of Fame guy next year or something. But yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to see him back. But yeah, I think it would probably be Goldberg's and good to probably be off television for a while. As with most characters, they're more over when they're not on television regularly. So, but yeah, I, th- I think Brock wins this. Uh, I guess, yeah, the most interesting thing to me is probably, like, how long it goes, how it's booked. Like, does Brock just squash him? Do they go back and forth? You know, you know what what, what do they do here? But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting scenario regardless. Do they blade? Brock, Brock loves to blade, man. Like, he, he plays in every match. I he, but but Liam, he's not blading. He just happens to smash his forehead post and put his hand up to his forehead immediately after, and there's just blood there. Right. It's just... <laughs> they don't allow blading anymore. It's my favorite story ever is that story about, like, in the 90s when blood was banned, and, like, somebody got fined, but then Bret Hart bled all over the place, and he just told Vince it was hard way, even though you could, like, you could see him blading in the background of one of the shots and whatever match it was. And he's like, no, nope, it was an accident. So Brett didn't get fined. That's how I feel about Brock too. It's like, wow, darn it. He just happened to cut himself right at the tip of his forehead for like the fourth match in a row. This guy's got some bad luck. <laughs> uh, okay. There's also going to be a flow rider pit bull. And I don't know who else concert in the middle of this show. <laughs> Lonnie Donegan making an appearance, perhaps. Uh, We'll be back after Mania. Very, very late Sunday 
or on Monday morning uh, with our thoughts on this show. And uh, yes, Sunday, everybody. It is an awesome day to be a wrestling fan and maybe the one day where it's somewhat close to being socially acceptable to be a wrestling fan. So relish it. Enjoy it. That's all I got, Liam. You got anything else? No, I, I think I like that. We ended on like your little rah-rah speech there. I feel, I feel good about myself here. Let's, let's get out of here before we talk about something terrible. All right. Well, we will be back after NXT on... Uh, it is back Sunday night after Mania. So until next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. This episode of The Wrestling Life is brought to you by Onnit, onnit.com, and their new mood supplement. New mood is great for unwinding after a long day at work or helping erase occasional daily stresses. New mood is like a deep breath and a smile in a bottle. You can check out New Mood or any of Onnit's great supplements at onnit.com. Click through the link on our Twitter page or in the iTunes description of this episode. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. All right, we are back indeed. Do we need bonus features for this show too? Sure, why not? You got any? Because I kind of carried the load on the last show. <laughs> Certainly did. Um, okay, I got a a story here that if anyone ever anyone at my shoot job ever finds out I do a podcast, will get me fired. But so, so I'm on this team. It doesn't matter what kind of team, and the more details I get, the greater chance I get fired. But um, on this, I work in an office. I am on this office uh, project, and I kind of came into the project eight months after everybody else was already in on the project. And yet, somehow, because of who I report to, 
I was chosen to be quote on the the core team uh, for this project, even though I don't really have a background in this. And anyway, <laughs> so it's a lot of so across um, many organizations. There is this thing where we have a lot of uh, square pegs and a lot of round holes. And rather than go out and try to get a a bunch of round pegs, we're just gonna we we have no choice but to make these square pegs fit these round holes. So I am a square peg. <laughs> However, this team, this core team of people, we meet weekly. We meet in a conference room. It's one of the smaller conference rooms in the building. Started out, I believe, uh, six of us. Then it went to eight. And then it went to ten. There are ten chairs in this conference room where we meet. <laughs> then we went to eleven. <laughs> now we're at thirteen. So it's just a very uh, humorous to me, at least visual, every week. Like today, we had our weekly meeting, and eleven people showed up. So one person had to sit on the table. (laughs) (laughs) So imagine a conference table and uh, 10 people seated around it, one person sitting in the middle of a table. Or (laughs) imagine like cross-legged CM Punks (laughs) for a one-hour meeting. Or imagine people standing for an an hour-long meeting. It's just, it's like, first of all, I don't think we realize what, you know, core means anymore because <laughs> the core is now like <laughs> I don't know eight ten percent of the ten pe- percent of the people that work in the building. I don't know. You're now you're now the NWO Hollywood. We're like fifty three members. Exactly. <laughs> the Wolf Pack is a uh... exactly. So like I don't know somebody that was added before me might have been oh you know when they brought Giant in. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm Stevie Ray, but, you know, <laughs> I'm at least, you know, WCW Kurt Hennig or something <laughs> being being added to this group at this point in time. It's like, you can throw the shirt on me. It doesn't really make me a true member of the New World Order. Yeah, that's about all I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed the visual of someone sitting CM Punk style in the middle of a table. And it's kind of this—it's kind of this young uh, dweeby dude. <laughs> oh, there's a, there's a pecking order. Like the same guy has to sit on the table every week. <laughs> well, you show up last. I mean, <laughs> you know, be on time. What I'm saying, like, like if if like let's say this guy's sitting down and like Hogan's a little late to this meeting, like does, does... I don't think Hogan's sitting on the table. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you have a table guy. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Yep, that's what, yeah. I guess we do. <laughs> he's our he's our Vincent. Okay, all right. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm Stevie Ray, but Dash Ethan Runner. <laughs> Ethan Runner. It's true. It's true. Actually, I'm probably Stevie Ray. I mean, I don't know. Or I feel like Rick Rude. Flapjack Norton. <laughs> Scott Flapjack Norton wrestled right. in New Japan like two months ago. It's true, and he was mega over. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. Home